Good afternoon, collectors, and <laughs> welcome to Layton's Loft, our new time, 1.30 Eastern time on Wednesday afternoons. Lou, how are you today? You excited for the NFL playoffs? Uh, you are less excited than I was three weeks ago, but yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Um, I am excited from the standpoint that the Jets season is over. Yeah. I'm not convinced that next year will be much better, but I'm looking forward to the drama that is the NFL offseason. Boy, they had me excited against the Bucks. They had me excited. I was just enjoying the hell out of that, but couldn't hang on. No, no, they couldn't. But, you know, really, that's that's generally how it goes for the Jets. Yep. Um, but I do appreciate everyone joining us today here on Layton's Loft. We have a special episode as we have a really fun guest, uh, Bill Zeltner, a fellow Breakamaniac, who will join us in just a little bit. Talk about a deal that we did, uh, what it meant to him, and how it went down. And of course, uh, you know a little bit about himself and what he collects and what he's working on. Um, right. We also have a fun giveaway. I collaborated with Lou, who's kind enough to post this on Facebook. Um, we're giving away. Hey, Harry, we're giving away a 1933 Gaudi Tony Lazeri. But this isn't just any 1933 Gaudi Tony Lazeri. This is from the Yonkers name tag collection. That had been in the same family since the 1930s before we had the good fortune to be able to purchase it. Um, so we're going to give this away courtesy of Just Collect and Vintage Breaks following our show. So all you have to do is be to tune in mm -hmm. live right now, enjoy our company. And then, of course, as we turn the show over to Vintage Breaks North and Matt and J5, and of course, shout out to Sam. Hope he's getting well. Um, we are going to give this. Hey, what's up, Mike? Uh, we are going to give this 33 Gaudi Tony Lazari away on the house. Okay, excellent. What do people have to do to get involved? So all they have to do to win is to be tuned in live mm -hmm. because we may ask a trivia question. We might do a okay, night break. Yep. So most important thing is we're giving it away, right? People love free stuff. But most importantly, you're not just getting a free pack of gum. You're getting a free... Uh, all-time Yankee great from the 1933 Gaudi set. And it's got some provenance behind it. You could read the full story um, about the Yonkers name tag collection on our blog at blog.justcollect.com. Yes. And I just want to clear it up for people. There are two streams going on on Vintage Breaks on the Facebook page and the YouTube page, and one of which has us full screen. And you will have comments. We'll get all your comments here for the show on that stream. But once we go off the air, you flip on over to the other stream uh, with the break desk and things like that. And that's where you get involved and hopefully win that great card today. Absolutely. What's going on, Andrew, Jeff, Cody, Rocco, Harry? Thanks for joining us here. Afternoon, Dom. Sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. Take the yeah. time out of your day to spend it with us uh, on Wednesdays. Uh, you know, Lou and I have a lot of fun, but we didn't know if you'd have a lot of fun with us. <laughs> so we're happy that you do um, and very grateful for that. Um, so, Lou, before we got on today, I had said I felt a little bit lighter. Yeah. Um, and then although I started eating a little bit better, that's actually not what I was referring to. I just sold the deal. I'm going to talk about it more tomorrow on Trading Card Therapy. So if you'd like to tune into the live version of it, it'll be at 1230. Um, but, Lou, I was able to sell approximately – 35,000 vintage wow. cards. Holy cow. Wow. Um, they range from the 50s to the 70s. Um, part of the uh, premise behind selling uh, that many cards is we're going to be moving sooner rather than later. Our business has also changed, right, from where I used to carry those cards in inventory and I'd be selling cards for a buck, two bucks, yep. you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and so 
uh, you know, we're just excited to be able to get a fair price. You know, we know the individual who's going to go through it is going to make money, but he's going to have to do work to, to, you know, to turn that profit. So right. I can certainly appreciate that. Um, so we just finalized that deal literally five minutes before uh, the loft today. So we're excited about that. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. Nice. Excellent. And of course, you did it with the understanding to give this uh, the buyer an opportunity to make a profit when he does the work and turn it around. Yes. And, you know, what's interesting, Lou, because, of course, we deal with anything from ungraded cards to sets to to individual graded cards. Never more than than during that transaction of thirty five thousand plus cards did I understand that I'm not only not selling them on eBay, I don't have to touch them. I mean, like all kidding aside, gang, if you just tried to race, forget about pulling any cards, putting anything in order. If you just wanted to touch 35,000 cards and go through them really fast. Right. I mean, I don't know, gang. Like, what do we think? I'm going to put the over under. I'm going to say is it 15 minutes. That's probably generous. 20 minutes per box, seven boxes. I'm going to say you can't do it in less than 140 minutes. So you're going to need at least two and a half hours. And by the way, that's not preparing them for sale. That's best case just to touch the cards. 35,000 cards at 60 per minute, one per second. Okay. 583 minutes. Oh, that's a 10-hour job. Yeah. So it's somewhere between two and a half and 10 hours. Let's let's say that. 9.71 hours. Yeah. At a second per card. But uh, once again, that's not saying that my buddy Johnny who bought it has them even ready for sale. And most of them were in order. Some of them are in order. But he's still got a collate. And my point yep. is, is, like, listen, did I want more than I got? Sure, we all do. But... Um, it was all raw, Harry. Every every single card was raw. Yep. Um, uh, and then, um, you know, he liked the fact that a lot of it was in order, but he told me, like, there's no secret. He's going to take, I'm making it up. If I sold him five, and I believe I did, 5,000 of them were 77 tops baseball. He's going to go through and he's going to make a starter set. Yep. He's going to literally take one of each, but then he's going to do it again. And again, until he runs out of the cards, that's hard, Lou. It's a lot of work. Can I ask, and you can hold this for when you want to disclose it later or, or afterwards, but can I ask, is he a professional? Is he turning cards around or is he a collector? Will this add to his He's collection? a professional. Yeah. No, yeah, he's so, absolutely a professional. Yeah. Um, and because of that and the professional courtesy I want to extend to him. So, the you know, the deal was fair as we go through we price each group of cards as opposed to, well, you're at the end. And by the way, I want to pay 15% less. Yeah. So I appreciate that he deals the way that I do. Whereas once you book a, a deal, in other words, if we agreed to a thousand bucks for this group, we're right. not going to take off any money at the end. It's a thousand bucks for that group. And we just keep adding on to it. Yeah. Because your margin for each individual group might be a little different. You can't do a universal margin. Um, well, it, it, exactly. And so, my point is, and like I said, we'll get into it at length tomorrow because, you know, we're going to have Bill on in just a few minutes. Yep. Um, definitely left margin on the table for him. But I felt really good because whatever my final number that I got from him was, I figured that I saved eBay fees. We just figured out I approximately saved between three and ten hours yeah. just to go through the cards one time. You could say that a staff member could do it. But here's the thing. Johnny knows his cards. Yep. So if you have someone who doesn't know the cards go through it, it's not a three to 10 hour job. It's much more than that. Just to touch all the cards. Just to get an idea of scope, what percentage of your inventory do you feel that is? 
<laughs> the thing is, is this is on tape and I don't yeah. want my wife to watch. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I want to be able to go home and proudly tell her I sold 35,000 cards. Yeah. Of course, Lou, she might ask the same question. I'm better <laughs> off pleading the fifth. I yeah. don't know. Yep. Or I can't answer. Fair enough. Uh, thanks for appreci- uh, for understanding. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we get into a couple other topics today, once again, folks, remember, we have a fantastic giveaway today, uh, courtesy, of course, Lou and myself and the team here at Vintage Breaks and Just Collect. Um, and a shout out to my buddy Jason from Otia Sports. Um, Tony Lazari, 1933 Gaudi, fresh from the Yonkers collection. So it's been in the hands of the family that collected it. It's been in my hands. And then it will be in the winner's hands at some point in a little bit. Uh, pretty cool. Pretty, yeah. It's amazing when you can trace the lineage. That's precisely because it's only changed hands three times. Yeah. Um, now, Lou, if I want to switch over, I can do that today. Is that cool? Yes. Uh, Harry, no, they weren't all baseball. I sold baseball and football. There was no basketball and there was no hockey. Um, so I wanted to announce very exciting set break. Just went live uh, a few minutes ago. 1951 Bowman baseball set break. We have not had one of those in a little bit. It is, of course, highlighted by the Mick. Here it is, the prize of the 1951 Bowman set break. It is a PSA 3. Now, Lou, if we have some time later on, mm-hmm. love to talk about I, I mean, I looked at this card very closely. This card three years ago, four years ago, graded by PSA, absolutely grades a PSA 4. I couldn't find any wrinkles. I couldn't find any creases. But it does have honest corners wear, honest corner wear. But I'm telling you, they absolutely grade harder than they used to. Okay. Ah, that's so, an interesting study, huh? So, oh, they. I mean, listen, I've been grading thousands of cards every year for yep. the last 15 years. So I'm a pretty good litmus test, you know? But Shake and Jim, thanks for joining us, Kev. So this is um, the main prize in the 1951 Bowman baseball set break. It just went live on vintagebreaks.com. It is 195 per spot. For those of you who are unfamiliar with our set breaks, 195 will entitle you to one spot in the set break. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you're guaranteed to get one Bowman card from the 1951 Bowman set. You could get this Mickey Mantle. Yeah. A couple of the other highlights. Here is a Willie Mays. Um, What struck me on this, even though it's only two and a half, it's got great color. It does. Because I've seen this card be faded, and you can tell right away. Hey, it's a Mick from Sweden. Yeah, nice. So that is on the site. Of course, some of the other highlights. Uh, Monty Urban rookie, uh, gorgeous Whitey Ford, which we'll tell the story about on Trading Card Therapy tomorrow. Look at that. Beautiful. Uh, Duke Snyder mm-hmm. and a Joe Garagiola rookie. Uh, here are some of the ungraded highlights. And then is Bill in the uh, in the green room, so to speak? Uh, yes, Luke? he is. Yes. Oh, great. So then after this, let's get uh, Bill on. Here's just some of the other highlights of the set. Ted Williams is uh, kind of lower grade. Oh, I like the bear. Yeah. Nellie Fox, rookie. Pee Wee. And Warren Spock. So you can check out all the details on the set break and more on our website set is now live very nice and of course here's a close-up of mr lazari before bill joins us today but that is going to be given away for free courtesy of the team here 
uh, at Leighton's Loft, just collect vintage brakes and Otia Sports. Yeah, so after Leighton's Loft goes off the air here, you go to the break show for this afternoon on Vintage Breaks and Vintage Breaks YouTube, and you get a chance to uh, win that card. It's going to be great. Hey, Matt, do you know how I switched back to the main screen? No, uh, I forgot. So I'm on the close-up screen now. I just want to switch back to the... Yeah, it didn't work. Just because we're going to have Bill on in a minute. I wanted to have it yeah. on. Okay. Just hang on for one second, Luke. Sure. Gotta get you gotta get used to flipping that screen around again. Yeah. <laughs> so J5, could you show Matt and myself so that Matt knows as well? I don't share. No, in other words, we changed the screen, but we we're not able to change it back. Uh, okay. Meaning we changed the screen so that we could show the card. So if I go back to the main screen, yeah, didn't work. And this is the loft. It's a loft. There you go. Oh, okay. So main it's the diagonal. Loft. Loft. Easy peasy. All right, great. Thanks. Nick so much. wants to know why Dimaggio never had a card in that set. Uh, which set are we talking about? Uh, what the fifty-one Bowman? We just oh, fifty-one Bowman. I yeah. have no idea. He's in the Burke Ross set. Um, if I had imagined, it's probably contractual. He just, yeah. you know. And Harry says, is the Alcinda PSA 8, is that the highest price card that VB has ever offered? What is that, G5? Oh, oh okay. Uh, Jim, your package just got here. Because I know he was asking. Um, uh, what was the question? Is the highest? The 69 set break with the Alcinda PSA 8, is that the highest end price that VB has ever offered? Well, we had a $5,000 hit random. It was $5,000 per spot. So yeah. it's yeah. not the highest per spot. Um, but I would like to talk about the Jabbar if we have time today. If not, I'll talk about on trading card therapy tomorrow. But I know Bill's kind enough to join us. Um, uh, so let's get him on. Hey, Bill, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Leighton? Oh, great. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Um, so, Bill, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and where you're from and, and what you're currently collecting? Yeah, so I'd be happy to. So I am from Westchester County in New York, so probably about an hour and a half from Vintage Breaks. I've not yet made the trip down there, but hope to at some point uh, meet meet the gang and see everybody. Uh, right now, uh, as far as collecting goes, I've really shifted my focus to two things. Vintage baseball, mostly 50s, 60s, and soccer. A lot of it has to do with the pending World Cup, but through the pandemic, I also started to watch the Premier League a little bit more and following the teams and getting involved. So, so I over the last uh, year or so, picked up some really neat soccer cards as well. That's great. Well, maybe Bill offline will be able to exchange some of my vintage baseball knowledge for some of your soccer knowledge because I'm still lacking. My buddy Chris Coe has shared with me a little bit over the last couple of years. Um, but admittedly, I'm just not an avid fan of the sport, meaning watching it live. Uh, I do watch the World Cup, um, but I'm, I'm very much in agreement with you. I think that we're going to see some sort of, at the very least, increased you know awareness of the sport and so increased awareness of the sport likely tells me that there's going to be more eyeballs, thus more demand of the product. And, you know, therefore you have to guess right, of course, what people are going to want. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily just going to be modern soccer. I think what's nice is if you have people who kind of come over and they buy the copies of the world, right, mm -hmm. they're going to eventually go back and they're going to say, wow, I didn't realize Pele has some really cool cards I could buy. Um, and I think the same thing happens, of course, in, in other sports as well. No, total, totally agree. And, I, I one of my cards is a Pele. I, I purchased over the summer uh, with the exact same thought. I, I, I 
he is the legend in, in terms of soccer. His cards, relative to other legends in other sports, at least in my opinion, are undervalued. So I saw it as an opportunity to get a great card, and hopefully it'll it'll go up in value. But if it doesn't, it's it's still a great card. That's cool. Do you happen to have the Pele near you that you could show off? I I, I did actually take it out. So oh great. This is a nineteen. 19- 58 editorial. Oh, that's a really good one. I know what that it's is. Yeah. The, the blue uh, mm-hmm. number. So there's a blue and black number for this set. And what's actually neat about this. So I bought this over the summer and was doing some perusing on eBay. And I came across a set for this, this uh, Brazilian team in 1958 that was without the Pele. So it was relatively cheap. Uh, it was that they had, it was, it was a bid uh, bidding auction and nobody bid on it, but the starting bid was a little high, but not, but at least in my opinion, in the realm of reason. So I was the sole bidder and picked it up. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's a neat, neat one there. Um, yeah, I'm familiar the with that. I've, I've been on that card in auction, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's been it's been doing relatively well uh, the last few at the PWCC, yeah. and uh, I think it was on uh, Golden this past weekend. And then the other the other neat soccer card from my collection is speaking of Mbappe. So it's a like in the angles here, right? But it's a 250. Um it's, it's a purple refractor 250. So it's 250 out of 250, eBay 101. Mm-hmm. And uh it's uh it's just a cool looking card in my opinion. And uh, to me, he's uh soccer always seems to have two great players at a time, and Mbappe and Holland seem to be the two on everyone's mind right now. Definitely agree with that. When you have an of 250 like that, Leighton, does the number matter? In other words, one of 250, is that more valuable than the others? Or 250 of 250, would that be more valuable to the others? Or it's just one of 250, that's where the value is established? I think that the general hobby consensus, uh, Bill, and tell me if you've heard this, is that when it comes to numbered cards, this is kind of the pecking order. Jersey number is first. Oh, yeah. So if you get the jersey number of that player, that's number, number one. Then number one, and then the last card, you know, so in this case, 250. Yep. And then I kind of feel like the rest of them are, are very similar, um, you know, as far as value. Uh, do you feel that way, Bill? Yeah, I think the uh, the one of one, the one of whatever is clearly the, 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 the second best next to the jersey number. The 250 was, at least in my case, um, I saw it. I actually bought this from my slabs and negotiated with two different people at the same time. And the one at 250 was the same price as the other one. So I figured why not take the 250 at the yeah, 250 if, if I can get cool. it. Um, you know, you bring up a great point, Bill. Uh, and I do this often, uh, whether it be I'm shopping for, let's say, like a bonus card to give away for vintage breaks on eBay or a card for myself. Um, I'd like to do what you just suggested, which is not just do it on eBay, but I'll write to three or four or five people on a Kofax or a mantle card I'm looking at. And I'm not hell bent on buying, let's say, one versus the other. I'm trying to narrow down the field of 100 or 200 that are available to a few. And then I just zip out messages. Sometimes people write back. Sometimes they don't. Um, but one of the effective ways that I found, and I don't use my slabs as much, uh, even though I do like that platform, um, to make this work on eBay, is you add all the stuff to your cart. So that way you don't forget about it. However, you write the seller a question. And if the seller writes you a question, or if the seller writes back to you, they're generally, you know, almost everything is done through eBay these days because just, you know, it's not worth the hassle to do it off eBay unless you know the person. Um, and so you, you can then consummate the transaction by them sending you an offer. 
And if you end up accepting that offer, effectively what happens is the card that was in your cart disappears, says no longer available, and the card is now bought at the lowered price. So it's just a good way to keep track of, because if Bill's like myself, a card nerd and buys a lot of cards potentially at one time, um, it is kind of hard to keep track. And, you know, when you're talking about buying cards on different platforms, so like whether it be from Golden or MySlabs and then eBay, um, listen, I'm always trying to get the best deal, but I don't always buy the cheapest card. I'm mm -hmm. trying to get the best deal for my money. Sometimes buying the more expensive card is the best deal because I always think about it like this, Bill. I'm wondering if you the same. If I'm ever going to have to lay out X, if I only have to pay a little bit more, a little bit more being, you know, relatively, you know, of course, different for everyone. Um then I'd rather have that better quality item. So you know, I like to know my options when I buy. Yeah, no, and I agree 100%. And that actually is a nice segue into the Willie Mays card where we made a deal yes. because uh, the the card and you know the price, it's it's not an exact science because there was a trade involved, but it was, let's call it $4,500 to $4,700 price sure. range. You can go on eBay and you can get a PSA 1 Willie Mays for low twos, high twos. Uh, I've seen one and a halfs for, for $3,500. I've seen... Twos in, in the same price range, but they're off center. They're, they're, there's, there's major paper loss on a lot of these cards, and they're not the same card. So PSA 1 is not a PSA. Is a, here's, this is a high-quality PSA 1. There are a lot of lower-quality PSA 1s that, in my opinion, were not good value. I uh, absolutely agree with you. Um, you know, Before you just hopped on, I was showing off the yeah. uh, mantle that we just had go live in our new set break, uh, 51 Bowman set break. And I was saying, you know, if this card was graded like four or five years ago, I mean, this card's a PSA four every day of the week. There's no wrinkles. There's no creases. It's just good, honest corner wear. However, with the new standards being what they are, yeah, it is what it is, right? You can make yourself nuts. You could try to grade it with SGC or Beckett or, you know, ISA or whatever the case is. Um, but the reality of it is um, it's a very quality looking three. And Bill, what I appreciate about our dealing was not only were straightforward, but like you knew what you were dealing with. You weren't trying to give me a lesson of like, well, Leighton, you know, other maze ones have sold for this. Sure, you know, they have, but they're not the same quality. And so I think that we both appreciated that the card for what it was to, you know, from the start, um, you know, certainly wanted you to kind of tell the story. But what I liked was what I'm always preaching on here. Hey, I'm approachable. I may not do the deal with you, right? But if I have a card that's not in my PC, and I have it out for sale, whether it be on eBay or you found me at a card show, like the upcoming one at Tarrytown this weekend. I won't be set up, but I'll be visiting on Saturday. So I'm looking forward to hopefully meeting you, Bill, if you're there and, and some others. I, I you know, plan maybe. on being there, yes. So we'll yep, see you Try to be there early. You know, early bird catches in a good, yep. good cards, you know. <laughs> um, so uh, when it comes to, um, you know, dealing, uh, you know, you want to make sure that you understand that the other party can appreciate you know, the card that they're looking at. So, you know, Bill did in this case, and I appreciate that he, uh, you know, was talking about it, even just the way you, you were, which is like, hey, I recognize that there were other examples, theoretically the same grade that were cheaper. And a lot of folks try to do that when they're either trying to buy a card for less um, or trying to, manip you know, manipulate that the, the numbers in a certain way. But, um, you know, the reality of it was the card spoke for itself. Um, Bill did ask for a detailed description. I tried to do the best I could to to let him know where the wear on the card was in terms of like creasing and such, because right, you're talking about a multi thousand dollar card. So you know, I understood the importance of that. Now, Bill, do you have the card? We tried we overnighted to you Monday, but I know the post I, I office do. isn't guaranteed. Yep. Do you have it there? I do. I got it for FedEx yesterday, right uh, right around noon when they said they would deliver it by. So 
I will happily uh, display it. Great. So I know there's a little bit of a glare, but for those of you yeah, um, who want to see it on eBay, it's now taken down, but you can look under just underscore collect. Um, it was available, if I'm not mistaken, Bill, we had it up at 5250, so 5250. Um, Bill, like many of you, I try to share with and educate. As long as you're dealing someone with someone who's reasonable, you can have the conversation. So, Leighton, you're asking 5250, what would you sell it for off of eBay? Bill's understanding that I'm not going to incur those fees. Right. I'm not going to have to incur the agita of someone returning it to me because, you know, who knows why, right? You know, there's all sorts of reasons. But, you know, um, uh, and then Bill being part of the Vintage Breaks community, I remember he had asked me through email, hey, what's your best price? But then I took kind of that initiative of saying, hey, I wanted to, if you will, remind him subtly <laughs> through email that although this is my best price, if you have some cards that you'd like to, if you will, trade towards it or, or work something out, like I'm open to it, I'm amenable. Um, and the reason is because basically the Willie Mays was not in my collection, therefore it's for sale, okay? So that's the first hurdle. And the second thing is, as long as I'm willing or I'm able to get, in this case, let's just call it 4,500 or 4,700, whatever the number I was looking for uh, is or was, as long as I'm going to get close enough to that, because this is what I do for a living, to sell a handful of cards that Bill gives back to me is not that difficult. It's not lost on me that for Bill to do that, right. even though it's not like Bill's got to move a mountain or dig a ditch, it is a lot more inconvenient um, to actually not only get the money, but get it in a very convenient, efficient way. Am I saying it right, Bill? Oh, 100%. And, and the reality of it is I was bidding on a lot of other cards that were maybe slightly higher grade that, that had similar centering and similar, similar eye appeal, but the fitting got a little bit too pricey for me. I didn't want to go up that high. The ability to get rid of some cards that then the, 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 the herd, as you always say, was, was appealing to me. Um, you know, one of the cards that I know you'll, you'll uh, share is the Luca card, right? And yes. Luca based 2018 card is a card that I've taken a bath on. And part of the reason I probably didn't sell it was the, the idea of, oh my gosh, I'm going to, um, you know, going to lose you know, a significant amount of money. When I was able to put it into a deal, I didn't feel like I was losing anything. It felt like, you know, with those cards, a lot, they're great cards. A lot of them I'm, I am going to miss, but the majority of them didn't really fit with what I'm collecting right now uh, with my focus, you know, on what I, what I shared before. Some did, but it just gave me an opportunity to, to thin the herd, trade some cards and, and, and get it at the uh, cash outlay that I was comfortable with. Yeah, I think you, you nailed it at the end there. Um, I appreciate it once again. Most of this was done through email. In fact, all of it was. This is our first interaction, you know, talking, you know, as far as, uh, right. you know, during the show and such. Um, but I had wanted to do this, meaning because I'm trying to show the community, hey, listen, guys, you can certainly deal with me, but please deal with each other. You know, the Vintage Breaks Buy, Sell, Trade Group is there for a reason. Um, I don't know if folks realize this. We literally have like dozens of people who apply. And even though I don't have a rigorous screening process, if you look like you could just be some bot from Facebook or you have no interest in cards or you're not referred by someone, I generally don't approve you. So we're not trying to have tens of thousands of members. In fact, I right. think we have about 1,600. But I feel pretty good that if Bill deals with Harry, if Jim deals with Mike, like they're going to be okay in the end, um, you know, because our community will certainly post something right away if, if something's not going the way it should. 
Well, that's um, community accountability, right? Uh, in the yeah, vintage bikes yeah. community, yeah. So um, for me, part of doing this deal, of course, on, on, on top of trying to, to get a little bit of cash, right? Buzz, listen, I'm not that far away from Bill's position that even though Bill doesn't do this full time and I do, make no mistake, I still collect for myself. So when it comes to, for example, buying a 52 Tops Maze, and I've decided that, you know, the one is the grade I'm going to go after, of course, and I want to get the best eye appeal. Yeah, I can tell you it's extremely frustrating if one person has a card for 5000 bucks and he's like, that's my best deal. And you're like, hey, I have all these great cards and they're all liquid. And he's like, I'm not interested. I don't care. I need five grand. It doesn't mean they're wrong. Right. It's just you're not fostering any sense of community. Um, you know, you're not creating any goodwill. Um and the truth be told, like, without sounding too nerdy or too corny, right, or getting emotional, like, I'm fucking happy that it went to someone in our community that gives a shit about the deal that we did. It's not a nameless, right, right transaction, uh, transaction. There's a face. I would imagine that in the future, if Bill wants to do another deal for a card we have in our store or if he sees me showing off, he's definitely not going to be shy now because he sees how I deal. It's pretty straightforward. So. Number one, I'm thrilled that you're happy. Number two, I want to do this little live so that our community can understand not only how to deal with me and how easy I am to deal with, but also to deal with yourselves, right? You know, if you have someone that posts up a card and it doesn't have a sold message next to it and it's three days from today, do not be afraid to either DM them or post on that you know, message that they put in our Facebook group. Hey, is the card still available? Would you consider a trade? The worst they're going to say is no. Yep. So I thought it was really cool how our deal went down, how we came together, um, you know, to work something out. And, and Bill wasn't shy. He said, you know, late, the most I wanted to go in cash in terms of a cash outlay, I think it was two grand. Um, I didn't take that as an insult. I didn't take that. No, if he said two bucks, I might say, Bill, I, I don't know that this is going to work yep. out, right? But it was just enough money where, and I want people to hear this from, from the horse's mouth. If Bill had said $2, like I wouldn't have done a trade, right? Even if he had the right amount of cards. And I don't know the right amount of money, Bill, but it felt right. You yep. know, so in other words, $2,000 for Bill to be able to afford of a roughly forty-five dollars or $4,700 card feels like that's a lot of money, you know? Um it's not the whole way, but that's why we were able to do a trade. And so it is pretty cool um, the way that the trade kind of came together. You definitely have a keeper. And what's also great, Bill, is you appreciate that because you would have been actively buying, bidding, and shopping for a 52 Maze, you didn't need any lip service for me to tell you how good the card was or that it was a fair price. Like, you kind of knew yourself. Yep. Yeah, no, exactly. It's it. it did my homework and I kept coming back to the website to, to the eBay website. And finally, when, when, when I, when I lost out on a couple others and I said, you know what, I really am not comfortable with that amount. I, I sent you the email and that's how we came to the deal. This is part of the bigger mindset of the community though. And Bill, I'm curious, this whole thin the hood concept, was this something that you had in mind? Was it part of your practice before, or did it come up when the conversation started on card talk, card talk therapy about a couple of months ago? We've done yeah, it on Leighton's so, Loft a couple of times too. Did you have that in mind before Leighton brought it up or has it been part of just hanging out in this community and, and learning how to think about some of these deals? 
Yeah, no, definitely part of being in the community and listening to the, the sage advice of Leighton and realizing that uh, I had accumulated a lot of cards that didn't mean anything to me. And you know, some, you know, I accumulate some cards, which I flip, but these are not cards that I was looking to, to flip that I'd accumulated. I just bought them maybe on a whim or maybe I thought they were fit my collection. Some of them were cards I had won on vintage breaks and they're really great cards, but they're not speaking to me. So to get to be able to thin the hoard and, and get that, I, I also uh, am thinning the hoard through COMC. I have a lot of uh, raw cards that, again, are not part of, a, part of a set I'm building or not doing anything for me in terms of my collection. So let's turn that into some cash, which I can be used to buying a, a higher end card, we'll call it. Um, really looking to consolidate on a fewer, fewer higher end cards than uh, lots of um, common cards. That's why I sold 35,000 plus vintage cards today. <laughs> Uh, I do feel a lot lighter. Um, we always wish that we would get more money. Um, I know I've had them a long time, but as I was explaining to Lou when we started the show, Bill, I don't know if you caught this, yeah, no, I but I was in a yeah. different business, you know, back then. I used to sell cards for 50 cents or two bucks. And by the way, I'm not taking anything away from that. It's just that in order to to, to support a growing business in terms of personnel, forget about revenue, um, it's very hard to, to, you know, to do that at scale. And so this individual bought them for me. He said, he's not in a rush. He might sell them in over six months. And I'm like, God bless. I hope you make tons. And and so, you know, I think it's really uh, important to understand um, what you're selling and, and who you're dealing with. And so what I wanted to close with is I just want to run through the group of cards that we got from you, which one of them we actually already utilized in a set break. I saw that. The Nolan Ryan. Yep. Well, it was uh. perfect. Uh, and I wanted to start with that because, Bill... The Nolan Ryan that was in the 69 Tops baseball set that we just listed, it wasn't bad. Truth be told, I would love to grade more cards that we offer in our set breaks. There's really only one reason why. It's because the grading companies no longer offer affordable grading right. to be done for a certain dollar card and less. And so when this card came in, I'm like, you know, and Bill's certainly not trying to rub it in, right? But like this card was a great looking six. So I thought someone who was in our set break for, I think it's 12 bucks to buy and 13 bucks. I'm like, you know what? This is a sweet cherry. We'll just swap out the Ryan it came with. And all of a sudden you just, you make it look a little bit better. And I think, it, I think it does, Bill. You know, it's, it's to me that again, PSA being tough grade, that's, that's a really good looking six. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, excuse me. I decided to uh, include it in the set break because of that. Um, the next card was interesting. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Bill, I only asked you for images of two cards before we finalized our deal, right? Correct. And one of them I asked you about, which I'm about to show off, is an Ernie Banks rookie. And the reason why I asked Bill is because I was hoping it was a little bit better centered. But as I joke with Bill through email, and by the way, this is not a horrible four. No. It's got the right corners for a four. It's got good eye appeal. It's just, unfortunately, it's off-centered. Um, the thing is, as I joke with Bill, had the banks been centered, I probably just would have kept it. Yep. Which, at the end of the day, like, I'm not short of baseball cards. <laughs> so it's okay. I'm going to I'm gonna sell Mr. Banks um, at some point in the future. You know, I don't know when, but um, I thought that was a real, a real sweet card. And the rest, I'll just kind of run through. Um, 
was a Mantle All-Star from 58, one of the most popular cards from the 88 Fleer set, you know, Jordan uh, in the dunk contest, 53 Bowman Stan Musial, oh, yes, yeah. lower grade, but still, you know, classic. Another 53 Bowman color, can't get enough of those. Um, 72 Yaz and a 7, certainly nothing big, but still a Hall of Famer that's graded near mint. Um, next to last is the, the um, Luca that he mentioned, and I totally agree with you, Bill. I've had items, um, I think more so memorabilia, back in the day where I would lose money um, on them. But instead of selling them, I didn't. I, I, I much preferred to roll them into something I wanted as opposed to selling at a loss. Um, and let's be honest, right? Like as great as Luke is, we don't know where the base rookie of his is going to go. Right. There's a lot of them out there. Um, and then the last was, this is kind of neat. I don't know what I'll do with this, but a Durant rookie um, from 2007 tops, the Durantula as he's affectionately known as. So <laughs> it's an interesting group um, and one in which I'm proud to be able to accommodate because, you know, not every dealer that deals in vintage is also going to deal in modern and take modern from you. They're going to kind of right. say, you know, I'll give you pennies on the dollar. I don't want it at all. But um, Bill did do the work. He, he kind of showed me what the stuff had sold for. Because of my experience, I, I roughly knew that he, you know, was telling the truth. Um, and so uh, it really was very easy transaction. And like I said, we, we only overnighted it because I, even though I thought I, I, we could have done two-day FedEx, I wanted you to have it for the show today. So yeah, now that you have the card, Bill. I want to ask you, are you happy? Or as I asked my son when we're eating dinner, is it one thumbs up or is it two thumbs up? <laughs> it's it's two thumbs up. And the initial images that I saw on it really held up in person. You know, once we finalized the deal, should I have done that? And then when I got the card, I'm like, yeah, that was a good decision. It's a great card. I'm glad that you're happy. Bill, thanks so much for joining us today on Leighton's Loft. I really appreciate yeah, my it. my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Bill. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Lou. All right, we get a question here. Uh, is there a serial number on PSA cards to highlight when they switch to tougher grading standards? Is there a crossroads point? Is there a way you can identify? You know, um, there's definitely some information out on the web. But first and foremost, we'll just use these two, Bill. Uh, excuse me, uh, Lou. Um, see how this has, uh, excuse me, this has the hologram right in the middle of the PSA, and then this right. doesn't? Well, this is just, this is an older, the Banks is an older version. Uh, in terms of grading. Yep. Great question, Minnesota Husker. But I think if you can Google it, you might be able to find some information in groups about that. All right. Set everybody up for the giveaway again. That's about to happen in a few minutes. Yeah. So, folks, if you are enjoying yourself right now, well, things are about to get better. Mm. Because we're going to give away this 1933 Gowdy, Tony Lazeri, former Yankee great, part of Murderer's Row in 1927 Yankee lineup. Read all about him. Just Google him. Um, but we're going to give this away. This is from our... Yonkers um, name tag collection. Read all about that on our blog at blog.justcollect.com. And lastly, I want to make sure we're plugging um, our big event. It ends on January 23rd, just in a few weeks, 10 p.m. Eastern time. It is must-see Breaking TV. If you want to have a chance to win this Tony Lazeri, all you have to do is stay tuned in. Hop on over to our YouTube stream yep. for Vintage Breaks on youtube.com slash vintage breaks. And we'll give it away in just a few minutes, everybody. Thanks for joining right. us. Fun today. Great show. We'll see you next week. Thank you.